Philip looked at a guy and said, do you understand what you're reading? That's a good question. And we're going to get into today talking about understanding with a special guest. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. So welcome back to another episode of Kingdom Speak. And today we have a fellow podcaster on the podcast. Yes. Interestingly enough, yes. he is a pastor and author. Uh, Singer. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a politician. Are you running for president? <laughs> no, 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 not interested. <laughs> I don't think you're old enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Compared to today's candidates, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Out of the three, oh, I'm getting close. I'm getting close. Out of the 320 plus million people, that's the two. No, oh. no. I Look, don't know. I don't understand it. We are we're we're getting in the in the weeds, and we haven't even introduced our speaker yet. <laughs> Man, we are honored to have Pastor. Greg Riggin from Olathe, Kansas, that is joining us. As Brother Sista already said, he is the host of Face the Truth podcast. He is an author of books, at least at least two, and, and I don't know if he wants to disclose how many more may be coming down the pipe. Um. You know, really, I didn't. I, we weren't first introduced, though, as authors and podcasts. We have been no. blessed by um, Bishop Riggins' ministry in our local church, uh, marriage retreats, you name it. You've preached at our conference, and I, 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 I don't even know how far back it really goes, Brother Riggins. I don't know. I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah, but. Um, Man, we appreciate old friends. I can tell you that. I yes, heard a, sir. I heard it said that you it, it you can't make new old friends. Right, right. So we are delighted that you are with us. We love you and your family. Appreciate all that you do for the kingdom. Uh, we didn't right. mention very, very actively involved with missions work on the continent of Africa, and so we're glad that you took time to. Uh, to join us today, and why don't, you, why don't you tell our audience just a little bit more about the man behind the legend? <laughs> well, I don't know that there's any legend here to tell you about, but but I can tell you this. It's an interesting story, and it would take more than one podcast to tell you everything that God has done to bring me to this point. I... Uh, our church right now is in the middle of what we're calling Truth Week, and uh, just last night we had some of our folks get up and testify of their story of how God brought them into the truth. Mm. And it's made me go back and think. I was not born to apostolic parents, and uh, my, my folks were not in the church. I was the first in my family to come into the truth and uh, God saved me as a Sunday school boy when mm. I was 12 years old wow. and um, didn't know anything about God, nothing about the Bible. But I, you know, I fell in love with the truth 
And early on, as a young convert, not knowing anything about the Bible, um, there was a young couple in the church, took an interest in me, started taking me to Marvin Hicks debates. And you've wow. probably heard that name. Absolutely. Uh, it's probably before your time. You're still a young man, but but uh, he was quite the debater in my day and very well known. And so we would go to those debates and listen to him. And I marveled at how that man knew the truth. Wow. Of course, again, I knew nothing about the Bible, but I would listen to him in awe. Mm. And he understood the truth. He understood it. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you that I don't care who he was debating. I don't care what denomination, any question they put to him, yeah. he had an answer. Wow. And he didn't have to stop and think about it. It was there. Wow. And, and I, I would sit there and, and think, God, if, if he can know it like this, mm. so can I. Wow. I can do this. Somehow I can get it. I didn't have a Christian school to go to. I didn't have Christian parents to teach me. But I just decided as a young boy, I'm going to get my Bible down and I'm going to start studying this truth. Mm -hmm. wow. And it became a lifelong passion for how, me. It really did. How, um, how old would you have been at that time? Uh, probably 13 years old. Wow. Um, yeah, I was wow. 13. And um, in fact, God called me to preach. I preached my first message when I was 13 years old. And I'm still amazed that any pastor took a chance on turning a 13 year old boy loose in a pulpit. That's amazing. Did your, but, did your parents, uh, they were okay with that? Yes. In fact, by the time that I preached that first message, God had saved my parents. Ah. And wow. so they came in. It was an it's an amazing story of a revival that swept that church. Um, my my parents, God saved them, saved my brothers, my grandmother, aunts, cousins. It was just a revival that swept our family uh, after I came into the truth. And so they were new converts, and you know, new converts they're okay with whatever the pastor sure. wants, right? God give us more new You mentioned so, in your, your pastor, who was your pastor? At that time, it was Brother Jake Hutto. He's still alive. He's 95, I think. Wow. Um, but, uh, but it was a small church in North Texas where I received the Holy Ghost. And, uh, but anyhow, I, you know, I fell in love with truth and, and I started I honestly started pursuing it. I would get my Bible down. I didn't know one book from another, but I just started trying to devour everything that I could. And um, at the age of 14, and I, you know, I, I, I see these young men who probably don't know what a typewriter is, but I'm sure there are museums where they have them. You can find them, you know, these antique hey, go uh, Google that, Google that and, and yes. shoot me a picture. Yeah, our producer's <laughs> pulling up that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I sat down when I was 14, I sat down at a typewriter and put together eight pages on why we baptize in Jesus' name. Um, just the materials that I could find, the scriptures that I could that I could get a hold of, 
things that I could dig out on my own. Sure. And it just became, it became such a passion for me. And, and I never lost that passion. I, I just continued to pursue it uh, through my life. I, I started pastoring when I was 24. Um, in, uh, I was pastoring in South Texas. I got a phone call from a Trinitarian pastor uh, who he pastored a church just a few blocks away said that he had some family problems. He was going to have to resign. Wanted to know, could he attend our church? So we set up a meeting. I, I told him then, I said, look, you know that our doctrine's not the same. And uh, he said, I know that. I said, well, I tell you, I'll make you a deal. I said, I will, I will promise you that as long as you're sitting on our pew, I will never just take aim at you and preach at you. But... I also promise you that as long as you sit on our pew, I'm not going to quit preaching what I believe just because you're here. And he right. said, that's fair enough. And so we were able then to start doing home Bible studies with him and his wife. And eventually I led him into the truth, baptized him oh, and his wow. wife, ended up baptizing much of his congregation in Jesus name. And that was, I didn't realize that was the beginning of many Trinitarian preachers that God would end up leading me to and allowing me to work with because I had spent these years of my youth studying wow. our apostolic doctrine wow. and uh, not knowing then sure. what would eventually lead to this great revival we're experiencing in Africa. And all of that is based on the years I spent as a young man Preparation. Pouring myself into the word. It really was. It was preparation, wow. not even knowing what mm -hmm. I was preparing for. So let me ask you this. Um, you know, everybody has their favorite oneness hooks. So, so if you're talking to a new contact, a new Trinitarian pastor, what are your go-to points to make? And I'm sure you have a lot of them, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I'm are your to think when, What are your favorites? Yeah. He has a whole uh, well, tackle box full of hooks. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I've, I've got I've got a book sitting here. <laughs> uh, there's the first plug. We're going to start yeah, counting. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. In fact, really, that's that's what the book is about. Is is my go to mm -hmm. because this is this is something that. I feel like God gave me, and, and honestly, when we talk about the books, I was extremely reticent, extremely reticent about writing. Mm -hmm. I just, I had men through the years ask me, would you please write? Would you please? I, I said, no, because I know there are scholars like Daniel McKillop and others who, <laughs> whose mind goes so far beyond what mine is even able to comprehend. And I think in such simple terms. Um, and, and so the way I present all of this is so simple that I thought, you know, there's, there's nobody wants to read a book like this. It's kindergarten stuff. And um, then when I got to Africa and I start presenting this, I'm mm. seeing literally hundreds of, of Trinitarian preachers we were in one conference. We had 800 Trinitarian pastors and wives in attendance. Bro, that is amazing. And, uh, 
it's it's unbelievable. I, I know that you have have done home Bible studies. You know that moment when yes. they get a revelation. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it cannot compare to being in a room with eight hundred pastors and wives who all get it at the same moment. It's it goes beyond description. Uh, go. Um, and and when I begin to see how the the simplicity of this approach was just winning them mm-hmm. it, it was amazing and then bishop gary howard um actually made a trip over there with me and he started really putting pressure on me saying you have to put this in book form i said look we've got dr david bernard we've got you know i, I called all these lists i said those are theological tomes those are you know, I, I, I can't compete with any of that. I don't even want to put my stuff out there. He said, no, there needs to be something that just presents it simply. Wow. So the common man can just pick it up mm. and understand it. And, and so I agreed. But to go back to your question, what I do is I take them through four very basic principles the first right. one they all agree with all right um which is that there is only one god uh every trinitarian that i've ever met mm-hmm. agrees That's there's right. only one god now they say he's god in three persons sure i don't i don't deal with that i just let's start where we agree there's one god deuteronomy yep. 6 and 4 hero israel the lord our god's one lord right. so we're going to start right there and we all agree on that and, and then I'll take them to another principle, the second principle they, they really agree on, uh, and that is John 4 and 24, God is a spirit. Yes. So, okay, yes. we can agree on that. Well, it's when we start agreeing on that point that I start digging a little bit deeper, and I start talking about what does it mean for God to be a spirit? All right. Well, it means that he's not a person the way most people define person. He's right. not limited <laughs> to one location. He's omnipresent. He is invisible. No man has ever seen God. No man can see God. Um, At which point I'll usually throw in a little hook like, you know, the apostle Paul said, no man has seen God nor can see God. Paul was first introduced to us at the crucifixion of Stephen. That's right. And Stephen said, he looked up into heaven and saw Jesus at the right hand of God. So Paul comes along and says, no man's seen God. So what did Stephen see? So I'll let him stew on that for a while. And we go through the next principles. Um, So that's where we begin. We begin with the things that they agree on. Mm -hmm. And then we start going deeper until we can come down to what to me is the great revelation of it all. Principle number three generally brings a great moment of hesitation for Trinitarians. And so I have to really say, now hang on and hear me through. Don't judge me before I get to principle four. Uh, Just listen to what I'm going to say. Sure. And sometimes they have to really bite their tongues to do it. But if they'll let me get through principle three, which principle three is based on Luke 135, uh, where the angel told Mary, that holy thing, which is born of thee, shall be called the son of God. So Mary gave birth to what we know as the son of God. 
uh, the Son of God did not pre-exist. The Son of God right. was the humanity that came. At the, you know, the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son made of a woman. Mm -hmm. Well, this is where it's kind of blowing their minds sure. and destroying their theology. And this is why I say just hang on because you're going to jump to the conclusion. I'm sorry, go ahead. Just uh, this is powerful, man. I'm 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 enjoying this. I love how he's excited talking about this. Well, yeah. Yes, I, I if you can't, excitement. Yeah. <laughs> if you right. can't get excited talking about the oneness, <laughs> That's right. man, your wood's too wet. But um, just from the aspect of because I've been in a few of these moments myself. Um, how do you control the narrative? The the uh, you 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 set it up for this third one, saying you know don't, don't hear me out. Do you allow them to interact with you at that moment, or do you really just kind of pause it? How do you control? We're not talking doctrine now. I'm just talking. How do you control the narrative at that moment? Well, what I've done, of course, you know what we're discussing now, these have been seminars right. that, that I've right. taught. And so uh, what I've done is I've always told them now, there are going to be times you're going to have questions about what I say, write them down. Because when I finish, I'm going to open the floor for questions. And um, uh, I can tell you now, now it wasn't <laughs> about the Godhead, but on the subject of baptism, uh, the first time that I went to Africa and taught um, there was a, we had over 50 that we baptized in Jesus name on that trip. They started spreading the word to their friends. One of their friends got very angry. Uh, he heard I was coming back. He said, I'm going to go and prove that man wrong. He showed up for our second meeting. We had over 300 in attendance for the second meeting, came with this list of questions. Uh, when I finished, he asked for the floor, stood up and he said, he said, I came to this meeting with the express purpose of proving this man wrong. He, he held up his list. He said, I brought my questions with me. He said, we didn't even get to the questions. And this man answered every one of them. And he said, the reason I have asked for the floor today is I want to say, I want to be the first to be baptized in Jesus name in this meeting. So that's, that's what's happened. So I've told him, just hang on, write your questions down, hang write them on down. to them. We will have question and answer when I get through. If I haven't answered them by the time I'm finished, I'll give you the chance to ask. So that's, you know, that's that, what we do. That lines up. And I want to, I want you to get back to that number four. Um, but we, we have, we've had uh, my friend, brother Wade Townley on talking about evangelism and working through Bible studies, which is along the same, the same, uh, principle. Right. And he, he uses the same thing. He'll often when they are, and I, I've witnessed it in person. And then I've heard him teaching, uh, on the technique of it, which is why I was asking. He, um, he will, he'll say, you know what? That's a really good question. Um, if it's not something he's ready to deal with at that moment, he'll say, we'll, we'll come back to that. Right. We'll have a yes. we'll have a Bible study about that, or in your case, we'll answer at the end. So yes. that it yes. keeps them on point, right? Because right. it's it's easy to get to get in the weeds. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is, and you lose yes, that momentum. Is. 
And right. speaking of weeds, we got in the weeds and I interrupted you. So go for <laughs> no, number four. Right. No, that's all right. That's all right. You've so, almost convinced so me. I need point number four. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm about to make a oneness preacher out of you here. Okay. So, so what we've done to this point, we, there's, there's only one, one God. God. They've agreed. So right. is a spirit. Uh, that one God is a spirit. And, and then I also point out that John 4 and 24, when I bring out that, that second point, John 4 and 24, Jesus there, when he says God is a spirit, verse 23 He's clearly talking about the father because in verse right. 23, he says, you know, that the father is seeking those to worship him in mm -hmm. spirit and truth, then immediately says God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him. So when he refers to God, he's talking about the father. So I identify the father as, as the spirit. this spirit. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then when we get into who is the son, well, that's what was born of Mary. It's this humanity. And, and again, I'll tell him, don't think that I'm saying Jesus was only a man. Give me a chance. So we get then to number four and number four is summed up beautifully in second Corinthians five nineteen, to wit that God, the father, the spirit was in Christ, the son, ah! the flesh, reconciling the world to himself. Oh, come on. You got to use the hallelujah button. Right Where's there? the hallelujah yeah. button? Come on. <laughs> Can he hear the hallelujah? Can you hear? Get a hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. one of my favorite scriptures. Oh, brother, that's it. And that is the Godhead right there. That that omnipresent spirit took on a human form and dwelt among us. Mm -hmm. And and when they get that, I'm telling you, I cannot describe oh, for you yeah. that moment when they see that and the glory of God falls in that room and they, <laughs> to hear, to hear those formerly Trinitarian preachers Stand to their feet and start Ooh. shouting, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Ooh. It is the most amazing thing you can ever imagine. It's, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. You know, at that moment, they, they, by reason of the fact that they are preachers, have got to have this irres irresistible urge to run home. Oh, yes. Yes. And preach this. Yes, absolutely. Because if you're absolutely. if you're a preacher worth anything, truth makes you want to preach. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's right. That's exactly right. My first trip over, I mentioned a while ago, we had we had some 50 in attendance on my first trip to Zimbabwe. Um, which there's a story behind all of that and how all of that opened up to me. But but when we went that first time, it was a group and and I specified uh, because of an incident I'd, I'd had a number of years prior, I specified when I went uh, the first time, this was 2013, that it would only be preachers and their wives. Uh, I knew if I, if I tried to deal with members, number one, I didn't have a church to send them to. If I baptized sure. them, if I converted them, sure. what do I do with them then? I'm coming back home. I'm not, yep. I didn't feel a call to that country. So so I, I had to, I felt like I had to reach the preachers. The other thing was, if I dealt with members and their pastor was there, the pastor rejected it, then he's going to turn those members against me. And, and I'd seen that happen before. So, so I insisted, I will only deal with preachers. And that's been my, 
my rule going forward. So we had, we had a group of 50 that were pastors and wives in that first meeting. Uh, when, when I got through with the lesson on baptism in Jesus' name, um, there was a very educated pastor. Uh, he, he was a man, a bishop over, I think, 16 different churches in, I want to say, five or six different African countries. He spoke like eight languages, very, very intellectual man. Wow. He asked if he could approach the podium. And of course, you, you don't know what's going to be said. You don't know what's going to happen. But, but uh, I was on their turf. And so he came. He stepped to the podium and he looked at the crowd and he said, a master, uh, he, said, uh, uh, he said, a servant never questions his master. He said, I can't speak for anyone else here today, but as for me, my master has spoken to me and I must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm, wow. He then stepped from behind the podium and fell to his knees, tears streaming down his face. And he said, today, I publicly repent for having preached false doctrine all these years. My God. The next day, one of our, the preachers that went with me traveled with him to his church, one of his churches. The, the preacher came back and told me that the man started the service by stepping to his pulpit and saying to his church members, he said, you know me, you know I don't follow every wind of doctrine. I don't follow everything that comes along, but I have an announcement to make to you. He said, we have just spent time developing our church bylaws and constitution. He said, we're going to have to rewrite everything that's there. Wow. He said, for yesterday, I was rebaptized. And then he stopped and he said, no, no, no. Let me say that again. Yesterday, I was baptized mm. because the first time it was done, it wasn't right. So when I was baptized yesterday, it was the first time that it was done according to the scripture. And he began to tell them about the importance of baptism in Jesus' name. So you're exactly right, Pastor McKillop, about when, when a man gets truth, the first thing he wants to do is go and share Absolutely. that truth with everybody else. Absolutely. In fact, one of the things that has, that has been a recurring question that I've had in many of these seminars is they have stood up and asked me, what do we do now? about the hundreds of people wow. that we have baptized the wrong way. How do we deal with that? Many of them have gone on. Many of them are in other places, some of them in other countries. What do we do? How do we deal with it? And you can see the feeling that they really have a revelation right. of the importance right. and the necessity of this message, and they want to fix this problem. You know, um, I, I want to say this right. Uh, the the humility that they have. Oh God! If yes. if if we could um, if we could bottle that up and bring it back here yes. to North yes. America. Yes. Because I've I've said this repeatedly. I've I've been. I don't think you and I have actually talked about this. I haven't said a lot publicly about it. But last three or four years, we've we've experienced some of this in Ghana. 
Um, we've been to Myanmar. Was there last uh, December and baptized twelve. Um, the 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 humility that they have and the the readiness to embrace yes an, another dimension of truth yes. And I've often said, I, I wonder if I'd have that same spirit. Not not that I'm scared we're in false doctrine. So this is what I'm no, wanting to come no. across, right? I'm, right, I'm not right, searching right. for truth. I believe we've found it. But yet, you know, there's times that that even within our own circles, a preacher comes by, God leads, impresses, and he preaches something that challenges us, whether mm, it be yes. consecration, commitment. Yes, yes. And I've often, after having experienced this, I've wondered, man, like, I sure hope that I would have an attitude that could embrace a truth that I haven't embraced yet. Right. If introduced to it. Right, right. You know, I, along those lines, a lot of times I've had men ask, as I've gone around and presented the work that we're doing in Africa, I've had men ask me, why is it that you're seeing this kind of revival in Africa where we've seen, Mm. uh, you know, and and I try to be very conservative in my numbers. Um, You know, I wish that I could say that all 800 of those that got a revelation were baptized. They weren't. Um, I try to be very conservative in the numbers, but I, I know of at least a thousand that we've baptized in Jesus name. And then they've gone back and baptized congregations. I don't know what the numbers are. And, and I've had people ask me, why are they seeing that in Africa? And we're not seeing it in America. I've, I've wondered that I know that God's no respecter of persons, but honestly, brother McKillop, I think, I think part of it is this, and you've probably seen it in Ghana I, it, it dawned on me one day when I go to Africa, they, and, and I hope that I can say this in the right way, but when I get there, they don't greet me as Brother Riggin or Pastor Riggin, but it's always, how are you, man of God? And there is a difference between a preacher and a man of God. Well, when a wow. preacher stands behind a pulpit, yeah. He may be delivering his own ideas, but when you see that man as a man of God, then what he's delivering is the word Word of of God. God. Absolutely. And the attitude that they have toward the ministry, I believe, makes all the difference Hmm. in the way they receive the truth when it comes across. I I agree, because I've I've pondered that a lot, and I think that we completely miss the boat when we make it about economics. Yes. Well, it's a third world country, and and they're impoverished, and they know that we're from North America, so they're after our money. I I totally disagree with that. No, I told no. there may be sectors and fragments sure. that are motivated Absolutely. by that. But when you're in a setting like what you're describing, those are God moments. And yes. I, th- this has been, I think humility is part of it. And, 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 and what you're, you're adding an, an excellent perspective there. Submission. Yes. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that in the sense of North America being over that, that that's not what no, I'm insinuating no. at all. I'm just saying a submission to truth. Yes. Yes. They have that spirit. They do. And they do. Uh, is it something to do with receiving a prophet 
in the name of a prophet. Well, is it is that? Yeah. Well, yeah. With that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you yeah. know, Jesus, in fact, Jesus said, that's how you tell whether someone's worthy or not, uh, right. whether or not they would receive them. Right. Yeah, and, right. and so I do believe that that's a big key in, in revival because we, unfortunately, uh, in North America, um, there are so many charlatans, so many television evangelists, and even within our own oneness movement, so many that that have taken advantage of folks and and everyone is skeptical and there's yep. there's a certain amount of that that's understandable sure but somewhere along the way we've just lost this level of of respect for for the ministry um where and, and I'm not saying worship the ministry. I, I'm no, just saying for sure. that they've, they've got an attitude that this is a man of God. And and when you see that term come up, you know, here, I don't, I don't know how it is in Canada. I assume it's the same. But, but here in America, it's gotten to where anybody that's a Christian is a man of God. Any, any woman that's oh, yeah. living for God, that's a woman of God. Oh, you yeah. know? And that's, so this term has become so so commonplace among us that it really right. means nothing anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. But to them, it means something. And it meant something in the scripture. When, when someone said, I perceive that thou art a man of God, yeah. they were saying something. Yeah, absolutely. And they were saying, we recognize God's hand is on you. We recognize that what you're going to tell us is a word from heaven. And when we can get that, that's what Paul said to Thessalonica. You know, he said, I'm so thankful that when we were among you, we didn't receive our word as the word of a man, but as it is in truth, the word of God. You know, even Jesus had to deal with that, though, Bishop. Yes, yes. Right? Absolutely. Oh, it's just Joseph's boy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so he leaves the village and he couldn't do things there based on their perception. It was not inabilities that he had. He was just as much God in the flesh there as he was in any other village. Yes. It was their perception and the boundary that they put around him. Yes. And they never lost that. That's the sad thing about Nazareth. They never lost it. He came back a second time, tried again, which I, (laughs) I've I've said many times, I don't know that I would have. Yeah. His first time they, they, they wanted to throw him off a cliff. And and I don't know that I'd want to go back and preach in that church again. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I think I would, I would turn down the offer, but, but he comes back and tries a second time Mm -hmm. and they still say, is this not the carpenter's son? Is this they fix my table? Lost it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fix my table, but not my heart. Right. And that's, that's right. their problem. Yeah. That's yeah. their problem. I'll, I'll trust you to build my furniture, but but yes. I, I don't want you to fix my soul. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Fix my furniture, but not my home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There oh, we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yes, sir. So this, this really then is kind of what, what drove the book Yes, is to put these principles in, in the book. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And like I said, Bishop Howard went over and heard me addressing these principles and, um, and then 
when, when he heard the way that I approached it, he ended up calling me. I don't know if you were there the year I taught at the admit, the um, apostolics developing ministers and training right. in Tulsa. He had me teach on the Godhead one year there. And uh, um, I, I think I'm safe in saying this and you may need to edit this out. I don't know, but, mm. but I was amazed when I got through, I, I taught two days on the Godhead I was amazed at how many pastors' wives, sure. pastors' sure. kids, mm-hmm. and even some pastors who came to me and said, we have always believed it. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we really have a revelation now. Yeah. And, and I thought, God, you know, this is so simple. And they've had much greater tools available to them than what I've provided. But if this is what it takes to bring people to a revelation, Mm -hmm. if, if this simplicity is what will help, because it's always bothered me, brother McKillop, I've, I've, I've been blessed. I'm nobody, but I've been blessed to preach all across North America, to preach on other continents, not just Africa. And, and I've found in our movement everywhere, people who grow up believing there's one God, but not understanding it. Right. In fact, I had a pastor come to my church, a oneness, oneness sure. pastor come to my church and sit in my office and ask me, could I please set some appointments with you and have you teach me the oneness because I don't understand it. And, and I'm thinking who put you into the ministry if you don't even understand Mm. the oneness, but, but I've seen it through the years, you know, as a young man, like I said, I I got a hold of this and I would go to camp meetings. I'd go to conferences and being a young man and having a, mischievous streak, which, you know, I outgrew, you know, I, I, none of that's there anymore. Yeah. We're proud of that. Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) so, uh, having, you know, but, but back then I, I would, I would throw out questions that I knew, um, a Trinitarian might throw out and I would watch people that had been raised in the truth, not be able to address them. And it has always bothered me. How is it that we are bringing up people for for years and they don't comprehend this beautiful truth which i believe to be and this is one of the things that i state in my book i believe is the most important principle Absolutely. in the scripture i, I agree it's, sir i believe that everything else we believe we, we we baptize in jesus name because there's one god we are a separated people because he is a separated unique holy god everything we believe is because there's one god and 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 so this is the most important thing and if our people don't have this um i i can't call myself a success the whole house collapses Absolutely, it does. Yeah. And so it just drove me at Jesus that point. Jesus Christ himself, the chief. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Jesus said, it's upon this rock, Peter, this rock, the revelation. Right. Yeah, one rock. Right church there. Is built. That's it. Yeah. And, and so if if we're not on that rock, what are we on? And, and, and so that's why, you know, again, and with Bishop Howard 
pressing me. You've got to do it. I finally said, okay, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know anybody's going to want the thing, but I'll do it. Yeah. And, and I've been surprised at the response. And, um, and so then when, when I got that one done, I said, you know, I'm using these simple principles to teach the new birth, taking people through steps. Baptism was the thing that as a young man, I really started studying. Like I said, at 14, I put together these eight right. type pages on baptism. Uh, when I was in college, I did my thesis on water baptism. Um, so that was really my candy stick, even before the Godhead was. And, and so it's something that I really had developed. So I said, well, I need to, you know, I need to put that into, uh, that so into good. lessons. So, you know, anyhow, that's, do, that's it. do we, do we not do an injustice by, by, for whatever reason, trying to overcomplicate the simplicity of the gospel? So if, if we can find the 50 cent words and we can, and, and I'm not against those that, that, plunge the depths, I tip my hat to them. Absolutely. But man, Jesus had that ability to break it down. You're right. Yes. Yeah, he yes. broke it yes. down. Yes, he did. So he did. We, ne we need it. We do. And, we and that's, you know, Bishop Howard has, has stressed to me over and over, and I keep referring to him, but he's really been the driving force behind everything that I've been doing here in, in all of this. But he... He, he has made the statement to me that the sign of a good teacher is not that he can present complex ideas, but that he can take the complex there. and make it simple. That's right. um, speaking of Bishop Howard, who is yes. a man that I highly regard, he owes the apostolic movement a book too, doesn't he? I know he, he, does. he does. I don't know if he listens to this or not, but <laughs> I've got, I, I have been privy to two chapters of that book. Yeah. Incredible. Yes. Incredible. Yes. And I, I know every time he's, we've talked about it, but um, I, I, I sure hope that that soon I hope so. It, it, I, I, I need to return sense. the favor because he put so much pressure on me to write that I need to say, all right, now I did what you asked. Now it's your turn. Yeah. Let's get this book out. All right, Bishop Howard, if you're listening, there you yes. go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I heard um, Jordan Peterson. I'm not sure if you've ever heard yes. Jordan Peterson. Yes. He made a statement uh, in a podcast I was listening to a while ago, and this is a statement that he made. I'm just highlighting this one statement, but he said that ritual often outlasts reason. Mm. So really what you're describing and the, the objective of the book is even, even those of us raised in this, unlike yourself, we don't want to be just ritualistically oneness. Right. We right. need the reason. Mm. Right. We need the reason. And Absolutely. So I know from, but, from myself, I thank you for addressing that. Well, yes, sir. I, you know, I know the people that I pastor. Now, now I'm sure with, with your level of, of intellect that you probably have a lot of, of um, brilliant scholars in yeah. your assembly. It's but, slippery. You know, the, yeah, the, the, but the people that that I pastor, honestly, and I'm not I'm not at all trying to 
to take away from men like Dr. Bernard, but, but I've had them tell me, I pick up his books and they're sure. so profound and they're so deep that I don't make it through the first chapter. I right. just, I, you know, I have to keep a dictionary close by to understand. <laughs> well, and how does and, a new convert, how does a new exactly convert right. navigate that? Exactly right. And then I had a, I had a, a man who's a member of an, an organization that I'm not a part of contact me. He'd heard about what we were doing in Africa. And he said, man, I've had this door open to me in Africa. And he said, I'm headed over there. And I said, well, I'll help you in any way I can. And then the next thing I knew, he was buying a bunch of those books, Brother Bernard's books on the oneness to ship to those guys in Africa. And I'm thinking, you know, those men in Africa are, I'm sure they're going to be very appreciative to have the books. Sure. But I don't think they're going to accomplish much. They're with those not going to be as effective. Uh, in fact, on that first trip I made, I had, I had a man go with me uh, who's a very educational, intellectual man. He's got a doctorate degree. I actually let him teach the oneness. Uh, he taught some other subjects, did a great job. But I watched those people set in those lessons and just, uh, they just didn't grasp it. Too deep. And it was, it was too deep. It was just too deep for them to understand. For one thing, English is not their first language. And right. then you're trying to get on this, on this yeah, level. Scholarly level. Scholar, yes. Yeah. So when revelation would come is then I would step up to do question and answer session. And I would give these simple principles. And then all of a sudden the lights would come on. You know, and, and I realized after that first trip that, look, from now on, we're going to keep things as simple as we can keep them. Right. And we're, we're not going to try to plunge the depths. We're just going to be simple. And it has worked every time. Well, in each of these, and I, I know that you would agree with this, each, each of these are tools yes. in the hands of the apostolic movement that, right. that the scholarly approach has a yes. place. It Sorry. has a place. It has absolutely a place. does. But absolutely. I think this comes back to, and and I I speak this, remind my church of this in leadership development. Jesus had that uncanny ability to sit and talk with Pilate and Herod, yes. and then turn around and speak with the fisherman, and then turn yes. around and speak to a tax collector, and then talk to a widow, and 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 always adjusted his approach yes. to fit his audience. Yes. Yes, indeed. And yes, indeed. Boy, that's something I covet. <laughs> and that's, that's something sure. that when I grow up, I certainly would like to be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. As it right, as it is right now. He, yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah. He kind of one up us a bit there, didn't <laughs> he? he? Did. <laughs> to wit. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Thinking about how all the, the crowds. I mean, you, you think about him taking a tax collector and a zealot and putting yeah. those two who are diametrically opposed into his inner circle of 12 and say, all right, guys, now get along. And they all walk down the road together. And Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's an amazing thing that and you I'm can still trying to figure out how to do it. And you can see, I've always been mesmerized by this, but, but pull Jesus out of the picture, post Calvary before resurrection, and the yes. thing starts fragmenting. Yeah, it falls apart immediately. Yeah. Fishermen yeah. go start fishing, and two guys start yeah, wandering yeah, yeah. off to Emmaus. And I mean, they, 
couldn't keep nothing together. Had to right, get him back right. in town. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why the spirit had to come to get him back in town. That's again. exactly right. So. <laughs> exactly. And right. it's when we start losing that touch of the Boy, spirit that things fragment again, isn't it? It does. It uh, does. I know that you do this, but I look at our church and I mean, God's blessed us. We've got an amazing church, but you do. I, I, I look at it and I go, man, without the Holy ghost, I wouldn't want to be within a mile of these people. You know, they're they're just, they would tear each other apart. Me, me being the first one in like, (laughs) I understand. The Holy ghost is that great unifier. It is. It is. Absolutely is. That's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. This has been absolutely incredible. So if, if, um, anybody that's, that's joining our podcast, if you would like to have any of these resources, you can find them. I'm I'm assuming they're probably on Amazon. Some of them are, uh, the, uh, the two books, the, uh, book understanding the Godhead and understanding the new birth are available on Amazon. Um, and, uh, newlifepc.com. newlifepc.com slash resources. Okay. And the reason that I recommend that they go there is because we actually take whatever profits come in from these For books sure. and use those to, to help promote these conferences that we're doing. So when Jeff we sell Bezos on Amazon, doesn't need it. it's, yeah, we, we don't get much of anything out of the sales on Amazon. Um, in fact, I think we can buy the books for about what we get profit. Um, if we sell them on Amazon, we can buy wow. them for about that same price. And so do you know what? And then I, we I, turn that around and use it. I, I think, I don't think you can get them on Amazon then. Can you? <laughs> is, is that what I, <laughs> well, you know, I've got folks that have done it. And, uh, so I, I don't know. Really go over doors. to newlifepc.com. Yes, get it yes, there. Yes. Yes. And, um, that's, that's awesome. You, you get some premium apostolic content and it goes to support a tremendous cause. So that's, that's so wonderful. Um, Bishop, is there, is there anything that you would like to leave our audience with? I don't care on what, just anything. The day that we're in the, the challenges of today. You know, I mean, there are so many things, obviously, that I could say. And uh, we we were talking a moment ago about the Holy Ghost being the great unifier. And indeed, that is what it is. Uh, I preached to our church just, um, I don't know, a couple months ago about that very thing and how Pentecost really was all about bringing unity. And you go back to the Old Testament feast and, you know, the waving of the, of the loaves, the two loaves, which I believe signified bringing Jews and Gentiles together. And we live in such a divided age today. But, but when you look at the, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost at Topeka, uh, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost at Azusa Street, what you see in those early days was a people that were not divided by race. Sure. They were not divided by class. Um, 
there were no divisions among them. The Holy Ghost really was mm -hmm. the unifier mm. that brought everything together. Sure. It was an amazing thing. In fact, if you go back, and I did this, uh, you go back and you find some of those old newspaper articles, there was more criticism of the interracial character of Azusa Street than there was the glossolalia, they called it, sure. or the sure. other things. They were much more critical of the fact that there was more than one race present. Right. And But the Holy Ghost had brought them together. Um, and, and, and I'm just telling you, I came to the conclusion, and I preached to our church, that the answer for everything that's going on in society today we just need another Pentecost. Oh God! We so got true. to get back to that place where yes. God pours His Spirit out on us again, where we find that place of unity. We quit, and and, and Brother McKellar, I you know I hope I'm not taken wrong in what I say, but I think I've even said this to you, maybe to your dad in time past. What's bothered me so much. Is, is I've watched, I consider myself a conservative. I've watched liberals can, can, can disagree on nine things out of 10, find one thing they agree on, right. unify and get a work done. Right. Conservatives can agree on nine out of 10, find the one they disagree yeah. on and call each other liberal and divide. And, 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 and I'm sorry if that comes across wrong, but, no, but it just bothers me that we as a people cannot find that place of unity. Listen, we are the body of Christ, and we as a body cannot be fragmented. We cannot be disjointed. We've got to come together. It, there's an amazing statement that's made in the book of Ephesians where, where he says that the fullness of of God. Now we know Colossians 2.9, and it really ties into to the, the study of the Godhead. Colossians 2.9, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. Yes. But Paul said in Ephesians that we, the church, are his body, right. and the fullness of God dwells in us. Yes. That's not individually, that's collectively wow. as a body. That's right. His fullness is here. And I, I submit that the reason we don't see what the early church saw is because they functioned as a body. We're functioning as individual members. members. When we come oh. together as a body, oh. the fullness of God, I feel the Holy Ooh, Ghost me too. while I'm talking to you now. Hallelujah. But when we finally learn how to come together as a body and we become one, the same fullness yes. that indwelt Christ is available to us yes. to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to set the captive free, to cast out demons. It is unlimited. God is the same today. The problem is his body is it's not fragmented. together. We've got to come together. God, give us uh, another Pentecost. Bring us together again. Jew and Unite Gentile. Bring us together again. <laughs> yeah. And wow. make us one even as you are one. Tremendous. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost oh, on that. Jesus. My God. My God, my God. God. Circles, I, I think, yes. are, are the... And I, I, I understand that what 
what we're talking about right now can be misunderstood. Sure, absolutely. It, it can be sound clipped and held against us. So, um, but we'll have the full edition. <laughs> <laughs> Circles are are. You know, how, how is that? I'm trying to pull that to memory. If you draw a circle to keep me out, I'll just draw a circle to to bring you in. Yes. You know, I yes. know I'm not exactly yes. getting that across yeah. right, but. Right. Um, man, when you look at the, the diversification in Jesus inner circle, mm. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. There's strength in that, right? The last thing they yes. did was all look, look, I'm, I'm not even saying a difference of holiness standard right, outside right, 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 of right. what no. the perimeter should be, but, right. but they, they were all from such a diverse background, yes, diversification were. of personalities, yes. economic, economic status, social status. But when he yes. was in the middle, it mm. just worked. Mm. His Tremendous. presence is the unifier. It is. And this this is something, um, Bishop, that I'm experiencing, and by no means are we alone in this. But COVID, COVID-19 is, is putting regulations around us, and, and right. so I, I can't even leave my province, let alone... Uh, come see you so right but i think that as the world gets crazier we're going to find that we have a whole lot more common with some people than what we yes sir thought that we did before mm. yes sir yes sir and yes, we're going to need each other mm-hmm. right right need each other. tremendous right so those differences won't matter nearly as right. much right <laughs> right yeah. powerful wow 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 this is awesome. So possible. Thank so. you so much, Bishop. We we really do appreciate you being with us today. Well, thank you for letting me be a part. We'll I'm do it honored. again. You just go ahead and, and get that next book out, and we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll do it again. What a great discussion. Understanding the Godhead. Understanding the New Birth. Go get these two books from Pastor Greg Riggin right now. NewLifePC.com slash resources. Thanks again for joining us on Kingdom Speak today. Wherever you're joining us from, let us know. Look us up on social media. Rate and review this podcast. It helps us beat those nasty algorithms. And it helps us promote this message of unity to all our fellow listeners. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next week on Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop.